Are you ready for the word this morning? Good. If you didn't catch it when they said Tabitha's, I'm so grateful that uh, they are equipped and loved and reached, but you might not have heard or realized that our Tabitha's ministry is a ministry to our widows, our beautiful, amazing widows. And it's, uh, it's growing and it's a wonderful group of leaders that God is using mightily in this house and in this generation. So we love you, our Tabitha's ministry as well. All right, grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks. I'm gonna start a little mini series called Like, Subscribe, Share. Like, Subscribe, Share. Those are three words that have been in my heart for the last probably two months or so. I started talking to the staff about it. And I have it in a specific order for a reason. Like, subscribe, share. In our culture, typically you'll hear someone say, like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. But this is the way that I have it in my spirit. And one of the reasons is, Many times when it comes to the kingdom of God or to Jesus, there's a lot of people that like Jesus. You know, they're like, he's a cool dude. I'm all, he's a good guy. He's a good teacher. He's a good prophet among many prophets. And there's people who like Jesus. Now, we're going to talk about that like button here in just a minute. But there's too many people that are okay with just liking things about God. And they'll even share a little. They'll wear some of his merch They'll wear his hoodies, they'll wear his cross, they'll listen to even some Christian tunes, and they'll even tell other people about some cool music or some inspirational quote, and so they'll even share. But what we're really leaning into and what really transforms lives and makes impact is this idea of subscribe. Individuals not just liking, and not just being around God or sharing about Jesus, but actually making a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ when they click that subscribe button. And then it even changes how you share. Because you're not sharing from secondhand experience, you're sharing from personal experience. You're not looking at someone else saying, maybe you should do this, but I'm not gonna do it. Have you ever had someone tell you to go on a diet they won't go on? Yeah? Or invest your money in something they won't invest their money in? You should invest in this. Are you invested in it? Uh, no. The idea of personally subscribing. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I believe the order is correct for where we're going as a church in the next season. All three of these things are good. And the process actually leads to multiplied impact. It's interesting that the world uses these words, like, subscribe, share, or like, share, subscribe, in its context. And you can see impact and influence on social media just spread. I mean, there are individuals, I was talking to the joint, or talking to Team Experience yesterday about an individual, his name's Mr. Beast. I do not think he's the Antichrist. He's a philanthropist and he does all these games and he gives away tons of money and he does a lot of fun things that people follow. He's got 150 million followers on YouTube. He's, he's projected to maybe be one of the first billionaires created through social media. It's pretty amazing. But it's all through this process. This is, this is the process. Like, share, subscribe. That's the world process. But you know, Jesus has been using this process and his influence is far more than some people watching on a YouTube channel. His influence has transformed lives, sent people on missions, trips to build things around the world, caused people to leave homelands and family to go lay their life down in foreign soil. But the process of growing impact, of expanding the message is all the same. It's like, subscribe, share. It's been there for 2,000 years. Are you understanding this? Social media didn't create this, everybody. This process has been going on since the beginning and this is what we're gonna talk about in the next couple of weeks. Liking personally, falling in love with the Lord personally once again, committing, subscribing to him, and then being a witness and sharing what God has done in your life. Can you just get excited about that for a minute? Go ahead. Get excited just because I want you to be excited and we should be excited. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about two of them, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Start with like. Psalms 34.8. This is so important for all of us and it's just a challenge. It's a challenge to each of us to make sure that our hearts are still absolutely in love with the Lord. Love isn't always a feeling, although love can create some feelings, but that there's an appreciation for God. There's a recognition for his reality in your life. Do you understand the Lord is alive and real and present? 
You do not serve a theology. You do not serve a church. You do not serve just some system of beliefs. You serve the living, resurrected, present Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's so important. The book of Psalms, chapter 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. This is a very simple message today, but I want to just challenge you. When's the last time you've tasted to see? That you jumped into times of worship and sang some of those songs and you personally tasted of the Lord's goodness? When's the last time that you opened up that Bible, not because you had to or because it was duty or not just because you left it on the shelf because Christians should have a Bible in the house. Most of us have about 14. But you actually opened it up because you wanted a taste. When's the last time you had such a taste in your mouth that you wanted more? And so you were willing to go to an additional event or additional service or you were willing just to be around more of the things of God because you like him. You like him. You love him. You want some more of him. Nothing? Nothing? Thank you. Thank you. But the question is, do you personally taste? And once you taste it, you see. Sometimes you want to see and then taste, but sometimes the process is you taste and then you see. Amen? And then it says that he's good and oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. First Peter chapter 2, verse 3 says, now you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. How many of you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness? Would you raise your hand? Remember times in your life, and I want you to genuinely do this. Don't just like acknowledge it cerebrally, but acknowledge in your mind. Remember a time that you did something that you're like, shouldn't have done that. And then the Lord brought such a sense of his love for you in that moment. And you tasted of his kindness towards you. Or remember when he blessed you with finances and you didn't even ask because you didn't know what to do. You were panicking. Matter of fact, if you were honest, you were really negative and you were even saying, how is this going to happen? And I thought if I paid my tithes, this would never happen. And you were even a grump. And God, in spite of your grumpiness, still brought breakthrough. Can you remember times in your life where the kindness of the Lord appeared in your life when you deserved judgment? He gave you grace. And I just want us to remember why do we hit that like button? Because we genuinely like and love the Lord. Amen? You have tasted of the Lord's kindness. I want to bring you back to that. Jeremiah 15, 16. He says, the prophet, when he discovered his words, when I discovered your words, O God, I devoured them. You don't hear him saying, it was an obligation. Oh, I'm supposed to read my Bible. But there's something about when you taste the scripture, you taste the Lord, you, you experience him for yourself and you begin to see that scripture transforming the way you think, giving you capacity to live bigger and better than you were living before, giving you answers to where the word of God is talking to you throughout the day, telling you which way to walk in. And Jeremiah is sitting here saying, when I discovered your word, I devoured them. They were my joy. Are we a people that still, when people see us, they would say they are people of the word of God. Because the word of God is in your heart and it's coming out of your mouth. And not as a religious ritual or, or a parrot, just parroting something. But you just love the Lord and, and you love his word. You've liked it. You've experienced it. And you go back to it authentically. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord of heaven. And when you're in love with someone, you are glad to identify with them. You are glad that their name is upon you. You're, you're not an undercover Christian. You know what I'm saying? Where you, you're like, are you a Christian? Yeah, you got like your little undercover Christian badge over here. And then you cover it up when you're out with all the other people in your life. So when you come to church, you're like, yeah, we're a Christian. Cover it up. You're not an undercover Christian. First Chronicles 16.34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. That like button. God, I still, after, let me think, I am 47 years old 
next weekend. And I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 11. And so for 36 years, I can say that I love the Lord more now than when I first believed. I have seen more of his goodness and faithfulness, which causes me to stand back once again and say, wow. The Lord has been faithful. He's been good. His love endures forever. And so you would ask that question, would you still hit the like button after 36 years of walking with the Lord, I would hit it again and again and again and again. Because I love the Lord and I see more of who he is and it causes me to fall in love with him deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen? The book of Job chapter 42 says it like this. Job, in talking to God, he said, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. And that's my prayer for this house, for every single one of us, from young teenager up through those that are mature and vintage. You like that word? That you, who maybe heard from your parents or from a neighbor about the goodness of God, that you personally would have your own experience with the reality of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why being present at some of these conferences or revivals we're talking about, about getting hands laid upon you to experience the presence of God, of going to that word when you're in desperation and seeing what God would say to you, that actually you personally tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. There's too many people that still hang around church, hang around God, even share in some of the fun things that we do, but you have not personally tasted of the Lord. You've only heard And we must transition for you to experience the fullness of what God has. There must be a moment where you click that subscribe button. There must be a moment where you move from just hearing and being around to where you personally taste and see. And like Job said, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. And here's my belief. When you personally have experienced the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the presence of God, the power of God, then I'm not afraid for you to go to university or to go to some workplace that doesn't know Jesus because you have met the Lord and he is your God, not your parents' God, and not your neighbor's God. And you can say yourself that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because you know the one that is in you. Amen. When you like something, even on social media, I think this is fun. Even on social media, when you begin to like something, you begin to see more of it. Do you know how that, that's how social media works? When you hit the like button on something, like if you like a shoe company or a clothing company, what do you think you're going to see more of? Go ahead and answer it. Shoes, clothes, right? Because you liked it, and you, it's, it's actually something that we do in real life. The more you like something and speak of liking it and declare liking it and actually mentioning you like it, guess what you're going to see more of? Those things. As we learn a personal discipline of gratefulness to the Lord, to recognize where he's been good, come on church, to recognize where you have tasted and seen, when we train ourselves to like, celebrate, brag on, see what the Lord is doing, guess what you're gonna see more of? What the Lord's always been doing, but you didn't train yourself to hit the button and to say, I like that, I love that. I love this about Jesus, I love this about God. We don't serve God just because we have to. We get to serve the Lord. We get to worship the Lord. We get to be around God Almighty and we get to have the Lord in our lives and we see it, we celebrate it, and you're going to see more of it as you see it and celebrate it. Amen. There was a little song I'm going to bring you to in a minute. Growing up, it was called When I Think About the Lord. Anyone ever remember that song? When I think about, raise your hand if you remember that song. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he filled me, He turned my life around and I just want to take a minute myself and just talk about when I think about the Lord and then we're going to sing a song together just for a few minutes and then I'll go into our second section. 
But could you in your own imagination, in your own mind, bring yourself back to some things that you absolutely love and like about Jesus? I love and I like the fact that he had mercy upon me. I love that. And I hope you realize that God didn't have to save us. We forget that he didn't have to come up off his throne, lay aside his deity, pour himself into a human body. Come on now. Be raised as a child, be despised and rejected by humanity, open his back to whipping and lashing for our pains and sorrows and sufferings. He didn't have to stretch out his hands on the cross. He didn't have to lay his life down. He's God Almighty. And too many times we take this story for granted and we don't appreciate and like and love the fact that our God is compassionate towards us. And he made the move towards us because he knew we couldn't make the move to him. Because how could a sinner and a person in the filth clean themselves up? We needed an outside agent to cleanse us. In comes Jesus. I am so thankful for a God of compassion and mercy. I am thankful for how many times I've watched him come through our lives, helping us as a family. Sometimes we focus on salvation and not going to hell and all those really awesome things. But I remember times where I didn't know how to pay something. I remember one time, we were even in our transition here, we had laid down our careers in Illinois came here in faith, not knowing what was gonna happen, didn't have a job on the other end. You've heard the story, some of you don't know that story and I don't have time to share it with you today. But just in faith, we came. And we couldn't sell our house in Illinois and we had purchased a home here and just different things were going on. And I remember one time specifically, where one more bill was coming in, our money was running out, our insurance was running out, we have a special needs son, all these different things. And it was like a big bill. It was like $1,000 that I just did not realize canceling something, our, uh, it was our home security system, that we were in some sort of contract, I already signed a new one, all this stuff. And I was just like, $1,000 right now, it just seems like God. And I've been in ministry a long time. And it was the most amazing thing. I literally set the phone down thinking, how in the world are we gonna pay that? And it was, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not evangelistically speaking, okay? It was, I set the phone down. Maria comes out of the office in our house and she says, I just got a call from the bank in Illinois. We had an old savings account in there that they're shutting down and they're sending us a check for $1,200. It was within like 15 seconds. And that's just one story. And, and I didn't know how God was gonna take care of us and how God was gonna take care of my mom and dad when, when I was a kid and different things I saw. I am so thankful for the goodness of God towards our families, providing and meeting needs where shoe, your shoes didn't wear out or your clothes didn't wear out or your health was sustained. Who knows what the goodness of God looked like? I love the fact that our God is the one and only God. I love that there's no other gods bigger than him. I always wanna be on the team that's winning. I wanna be on the, the strongest, best team and that is the team that you are on. There is no God above him. There is no one greater than him. He is the most high God. There is no one higher. I am so glad I get to be on the team of the strongest one, the most winning one. Amen. I love that he's unchanging and that he's eternal because then there's consistency in my future. He's the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't wake up one day and he's moody. One day he loves you, one day he loves you not. He's not playing the flower game. Are you hearing me? I, we don't think these things sometimes. We just take it for granted. Jesus, God, I'm a Christian. Do you understand the goodness of your God? Do you understand the faithfulness of your God? Do you understand his character, his love towards you, his commitment towards you? He's unchanging and he's eternal, which means no one's ever gonna dethrone him and you end up joining a kingdom that no longer exists 20,000 years from now. You were in the longest running forever kingdom of God. I love that he's all knowing and all powerful. Nothing surprises him and nothing is bigger than him. Thank you, Jesus. Which means it may surprise you, but it didn't surprise him. 
And if it even surprises you and overwhelms you, it doesn't overwhelm him. He is all powerful. And I love that he's kind, gentle, compassionate, caring. I even love something that doesn't sound spiritual, but I love, I love his creation that he made. I know sin has corrupted a lot of it, but you know there's a lot of beauty in the earth. You see mountains, you see rivers, you see flowers, you see the sun, the moon, the stars. There's a lot of beautiful things. People paint pictures, people write poetry because there's so much beauty in the earth. And what we see with our eyes is still a fallen version of what he made and it's still beautiful, which tells you how good it was before. Like literally it's been, everything has been affected by death that has come upon creation, but it's still glorious because God who made it was so good. His creator was so good. But I want you to see that because a creation speaks of its creator. And so if you see beauty in the earth, it's because God is beautiful. If you see love in the universe, it's because God's the originator of it. Are you hearing me, church? And I love him because I can see him in the things that he's made. Even in how he's made parents and children and the relationship there. And that kind of love and compassion, that kind of tenderness, the way he's made husbands and wives come together and find one another and love and commitment and faithfulness and covenant and all these things that just paint of who he is as a creator. I love who our God is. He is good. He's created music. A God who can create beautiful music and the ability to sing and the ability to create sound with instruments and even with our voices. You understand that all comes from Him. Have you thought about who your God is in a while? Have you thought about why you hit the like button? You don't just like Him because He kept you out of hell. There's a lot to like about Him. There's a lot to like about Him. Amen. And I'll give you this last one from the heart of a genuine Italian, half Italian. My dad's German, mom's Italian. He made food. Somebody say amen. Come on. He gave us the ability to eat, to taste, salty, sweet, savory. Come on now. He gave us espresso. Hallelujah. Do you know, he didn't have to create us to have an experience like that. He didn't have to create us where we would sit down at a family table or sit down and have relationship and fellowship. I don't know if you've ever been on a diet before where you don't eat, but you're like, I don't feel like I know anybody anymore <laughs> because I can't eat with anyone. But God gave us the ability to break bread and oh, the smell of good fresh bread. I'm making you hungry, right? Yes, yes. But I just want you to see that we don't realize that God didn't have to do this stuff, but this is who our God is. He wanted you not just to get through the earth, but to enjoy the journey, to experience moments that would help you see Him and appreciate Him. I have so many reasons to like the Lord, to love Him. We're gonna lead you through this song just a couple times, but I wanted to take a minute to really appreciate and pause and so would you just stand for just about three minutes, we're gonna sing this song together. It may be new to you, it may be something you've heard before, but would you allow yourself to sing about when I think about the Lord? Would you allow yourself to worship Him for some specific reasons? Let's go ahead and learn and sing this song together. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and turned my life around, how he placed my feet on solid ground. It makes me wanna shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me wanna shout, hallelujah. 
praise. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So we talked about like, now I want to talk to you about subscribe. I want to get into this idea of commitment. Say commitment. So what does it mean to subscribe? If I was to give you some words in your notes, please write these words down. When I think of subscribe, I think of the words buy in. I'm buying in. I'm all in to this faith in Christ into giving him my life. To subscribe means to align your life with him, his will. To identify with him. As I said earlier, when you love someone, you're not embarrassed to identify with them, to say this is my, this is the, the woman that I love, this is the man that I love, I love my children, I love my church, I love my God, I love Jesus Christ, and I am not ashamed of who he is. And finally, the word subscribe, I believe, is the word commit, which is what I want to talk to you about. In our world, there are two types of subscriptions that you're going to see. There are those that are free, free to follow, and there are those that will cost you something to follow. And there's a whole lot of people that will follow for free. And I don't blame them because I'm one of them. If you give me a free subscription to a an app on my phone, I will follow, listen, I will follow until I have to pay. And there are people that do that with Jesus. Come on now. I will follow until it costs me something. But I want to say that a subscription in the Lord is not free. It cost him a great deal. But I was thinking about it this morning it didn't just cost him a great deal. It's actually requiring something from us as well. Sometimes we get so much into the idea that Jesus paid it all and it's freely given to us. It is freely given to us. But as you commit your life to the Lord, he wants everything back. He wants all of you back. He's not asking you to die on the cross. He's not asking you to shed your blood. He's not asking you to take on death, hell, and the grave. He's not asking you to pay for your sin. But he is asking for your total commitment. He is asking for your heart. He is asking for your loyalty, your faithfulness to him too. Do you understand that? And so if we just say that Christianity is a free subscription, that wouldn't be accurate, would it? It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your talent. And he'll even ask for your treasure. Come on now. Because Christianity is not a free subscription. He paid for it to be provided. But it does cost. He requires us to lay our life down in return, to take up his. He did the heavy lifting. He took on the kingdom of darkness to make it available. But I do not want to undervalue or undersell the idea that to hit that subscribe button in Jesus will require your complete life being handed back to him. That's Christianity. I think you could celebrate that, church, because that's not said enough anymore. We don't want to fall into that group of individuals that just hang around the things of God and they like or they even share in it a little bit, but they fail to subscribe. I'm going to give you four examples in the New Testament. And I chose the New Testament on purpose because sometimes people think, you know, some of these stories only arise in the Old Testament. But these are all New Testament stories after salvation has been given, after the opportunity of grace has been given. So I want to talk to you today about hitting the commitment button, the subscribe button. Here's something interesting that's different between you in this culture subscribing to a YouTube channel versus subscribing to Jesus. When you subscribe to the Lord Jesus Christ, we no longer subscribe to other channels. He is your one and only. Amen. He is your one and only. And there's a reason for that. It's not because he's proud. It's not because he's arrogant. It's because he will not share you with anything less than himself. 
because he would not give the people he loves anything less than the absolute best in the universe. And anything less than him will disappoint you. Some good preaching there. And the Bible wants you to get to a place where you finally subscribe. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 8, that a double-minded man will be unstable in all of his ways. And so there are individuals that say, I have one foot in, one foot out. They wouldn't say it with their mouth, but that's the way they demonstrate it with their life. I have one foot in Jesus, one foot out of Jesus. You're going to be miserable. I heard someone say, sometimes we have just enough Jesus to make us miserable. Because we know what we should or shouldn't be doing, and we're not doing it, but yet we're not completely in the kingdom of darkness, and we're not completely in the kingdom of light, and so therefore you're just torn. And the truth is, you're really not in the kingdom of light at all. We're deceiving ourselves because we've not completely given our hearts to Jesus. Amen? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 16, the Lord says, I wish that you were either hot or cold. I don't want you lukewarm because I'll even spit you out of my mouth if that's the case. God is asking for that 100% subscription to hit that subscribe button. So here's those examples I was promising you. New Testament. Can I tell you four quick stories? Story number one, Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 20. I'll, re I'll explain it to you. Uh, the apostle Paul was ministering and mighty signs and wonders and miracles were happening from his ministry. They were even uh, bringing handkerchiefs and pieces of material to him and they would, he would pray over them or they would touch him and they would take that handkerchief to a sick person, lay it on them, and they would get completely healed. Paul never even being in the room, but the power of God just going with that little token of prayer and, and even demons were being cast out like, no, don't put the handkerchief on me. Like he's totally scared of Kleenexes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how powerful. That was funny. So this mighty move of God is happening. Miracles are happening. And these sons of a Jewish priest uh, whose family name was Sceva, there's seven of them, they wanted to get in on this. See, they wanted to be around the power, they wanted to play in the power, but they didn't personally subscribe to the power. And so these seven sons wanted to go pray for the sick and they wanted to go cast out demons because that just looks fun. That just looks like something powerful and we wanna be around powerful things. And so the Bible says that they went to go pray for this guy. There were seven of them, one guy who's filled with demons and they said in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the demon spins his head 360 degrees, <laughs> looks at him and says, Jesus I know and Paul I know. I have no idea who you people are. And the Bible says that that one person jumped on all seven, beat them silly and sent them running away naked, humiliated. But do you see the difference? Here's individuals that liked the things of God, liked the power, liked the name. They even wanted to be around it and be a part of it, but they did not personally subscribe. And it cost them something. It endangered them. They were not in, they were just around. Are you hearing me, church? God knows who belongs to him. And here's the truth, the devil knows who really belongs to God too. The smallest, weakest, physically Christian can make the devil tuck tail and run because they are in Christ. They look like Christ. But you can have an army of people who just use the name but don't know the Lord and the devil's not afraid of that whole group because they don't look like Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 through 23. Jesus was saying that there was going to come a time of judgment. There still is coming a time. And Jesus said in these last days when that time of judgment comes, there's going to be people who stand before me and they're going to say, Lord, Lord. They're even going to use his name. And they're going to say, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal the sick in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Now, I don't know how theologically that's going to happen. My assumption is this that they were in the group of individuals casting out demons where someone in that room 
Someone in that group had a relationship with God and they were in the room. They were in the group. They were in those prophetic meetings. They were in these times of prophecy and maybe they personally saw God do some things through them because his name is powerful. Maybe. I don't know. But I do know one thing because I always like to say what I do know in the scripture. That they, whether they personally experienced those miracles through their lives or they were around groups of people experiencing those miracles in their lives, I know they personally did not subscribe to the Lord Jesus Christ. That I know for sure. And so there's a difference between just being around the things God does and giving your heart completely to Jesus Christ. Are you seeing that, church? So you don't rate whether or not you're close to the Lord or you're connected based on whether or not you're in the room or you see some, even some good things that God uses you to do. You gotta go to the heart. You've gotta go to where you genuinely are personally with Jesus. God has used even sinners throughout the course of history to, to accomplish his will, but they were still not right with God. You can go through the Bible and see that too. Is that good preaching, is that okay? Acts chapter five, there's another one. Ananias and Sapphira. They were in the early church movement. Again, they were in the room, they were in the group. They liked the early church. They liked the revival going on. Thousands are getting saved. People are getting baptized. The word of God is going out. People start to sell lands and things and they begin to bring them to the apostles to, to start bringing relief money to the poor and to advance the kingdom of God. And this, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, decide to lie about their offering. And they decide to, they wanna be celebrated like everyone else who's selling and sacrificing all these great things. And so they say that this is what they sold the property for and it wasn't, it was a lie. And the apostle looks at them and says, why are you trying to lie to God? Here's the thing, you're never gonna lie to God. God always knows what's going on. But the point is, is that here's a couple that wanted to look on the outside like they were apart. They wanted to look on the outside like they were the same and genuine and authentic. But the idea was, is they personally were not surrendered to the Lord Jesus, they just weren't. The Bible says that when they lied before the Lord, that the Bible says God called them on it, and both of them dropped to the floor dead in judgment in that moment. Acts chapter eight, verse four through 23. Let's open up your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 8. I just want you to see this one. This is about a guy named Simon. This is the final story we'll share today, and then we're going to bring it to a close and pray. Acts chapter 8, Simon. Verse 4. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip the evangelist, for example, went to the city of Samaria. And he told people about the Messiah. Crowds listened to them intently, to Philip, because they were eager to hear his message, to see the miracles and the signs that he did. So the crowds were there. Many evil spirits were being cast out, screaming as they left their victims. Many who had been baptized or were lame, they were healed. So there was great joy in the city. There was a revival hitting that city. Praise God. A man named Simon who had been a sorcerer in that city for many years. He was amazing people in Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one. They even called him the power of God. Isn't that interesting? They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip in his message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He went through the water himself, went through the motions. He began following Philip wherever he went. He was amazed by the signs and the great wonders and miracles Philip performed. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John. As soon as they arrived, they prayed that these new believers would receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. 
When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on the people, he offered them money to buy the power. Let me have this power too. Remember, because he was someone great, he was using magic arts, and that's what was on his mind. It wasn't about a true commitment to Christ. It was about getting the power and being someone great and being in the middle of something great so that when I lay my hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part of this for your heart is not right with God. So he gave him the solution. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he'll forgive you your evil thoughts for I can see that you are still full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin even though he had gone through the motions of faith. The Lord is looking at what's going on in your heart. He's wanting you to subscribe. He's wanting you to be all in. He's wanting you to commit authentically. He knows when you're being truthful. Because he wants to elevate your life. He wants to bring you into the fullness of what he purchased for. He's not trying to bring something harmful in your life. He's trying to bring freedom into your life. He's trying to bring hope and a future in your life. And the only way to do Christianity, the only way to follow Jesus is to do it all in 100%. To click that subscribe button with all your heart. Holding nothing back. I love that we pray a prayer of salvation at the end of every service and that's a beginning and that's important. But what God is really looking at is what you're doing in your heart at that time. Are you genuinely saying, God, I turn from my life of the past. I turn from being the boss of my own life. And I commit my life to Jesus Christ. 100%. I will no longer sit on the throne of my life. I place Jesus Christ on the throne of my life. Sometimes we get so caught up in just the outward veneer and the outward motions. And you can go through the motions and not genuinely surrender your life to Jesus. And the Lord knows what's going on. This is not meant to give you instability in your personal faith with Christ. Because as a young man growing up, my conscience was so, it's still very sensitive. And messages like this could have brought me to a place of, well, I don't think I'm a Christian. Maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I haven't meant it. Maybe I haven't. And I don't want to put you in a place like that. Because I understand what that feels like. As a matter of fact, if your heart is genuinely saying, you know, boy, I, I really desire to make sure my faith is pure and strong, my statement to you is, my, my belief to you is that your faith is real and authentic because your heart is to genuinely serve the Lord. There are individuals who take no thought about genuinely serving the Lord, committing to the Lord. They just wanna pray a prayer so they can check the box and say, I don't have to go to hell anymore. You see the difference? They want to go through the outward workings, but never the internal commitment. But if your heart genuinely says, because you know you're serving the Lord when your heart cries, Abba, Father. You know when you're serving the Lord when your heart is to authentically please Him. You may not always see it happen because you're still learning how to walk with Jesus, but there's a desire in your heart to live for Jesus, not just to pray a prayer and do whatever you're going to do with your life. You see what I'm saying? So how do I click, how do I click the subscribe button? How do I do that? The Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, 9. Once you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, there are some things that we do that express and personally declare and even help us share that commitment, that subscription that you made. You are to be baptized in water. That is something the Lord commands. And I genuinely encourage everyone who's never been water baptized to make sure you get signed up for our next baptism, which is October 1st. You can sign up on the app. That will be a part of the Limitless Conference. Join us and let's have a massive celebration of new life, new beginnings, and let's obey the Lord in water baptism. But that's part of what you do after you subscribed. The Bible also says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Let's make sure that we don't just ask the forgiveness of sin and pray your prayer of salvation but, and get water baptized. Let's say, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Ghost? Fill me with the Holy Spirit of God, which is an empowerment over the enemy, an empowerment to go do the work and the ministry that God has called you to do. That you are saved, that you are filled. And the Bible also says something that happens after you subscribe that you can watch for is that you bring forth much fruit. Fruits of repentance, fruits of a changed life, fruits of obedience. That's what I was talking to you about. If, if you see that your heart is to do right and, and that you desire for change, even though you're growing in, the ch in changing, that you know that God has done a heart surgery in you because before Jesus, you didn't care how you lived. You didn't care what you said. You didn't care who you hurt. You just wanted to live for you, but now you wanna live for God, that's a sign that you have subscribed authentically and you bring forth fruits of repentance. Another way to say that is that you take up your cross and follow him. Again, not a popular message anymore. It's just pray the prayer. Hey, that's all you gotta do. That's the beginning of a thing. But as you have subscribed authentically and committed authentically to Jesus, can we take up our cross and follow him? What does that look like, Pastor Kevin? Does it mean I walk around with a piece of wood on my back like the guy that I see walking down the street all the time? No. I believe a good phrase the Lord gave me years ago is this. You take up your cross when this happens. When there's parts of your life where the will of God and your will cross and you choose his will. That's what it looks like to take up your cross. It's very simple in that context. God says, forgive, you don't wanna forgive but then I choose to forgive. You just took up your cross. Are you hearing me? God says, if there be anything virtuous, good, of any praise, think on these things, and your mind is filled, and you're filling your mind with trash, but you see that God says to only think about these good things, to fill your mind with good things, and you say, all right, Lord, I'm gonna turn that off, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill my spirit with good things. You just took up your cross. When you don't wanna praise and worship because you're fearful or worried or just filled with anxiety and you choose to praise and worship, you choose his will over yours, you just took up your cross. But that's all part of also fruits of repentance. And then something else you see after somebody subscribes, and we'll talk about it in later weeks, is you share. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Jesus said this, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will also be ashamed of you before my Father. That's Romans 1.16, Matthew 10.33. Do you understand that, church? These are things we don't say anymore, and God is putting it in my spirit to bring these things back to the body of Christ. This is not bad. This is good stuff. If the world is gonna know, if the world's gonna be saved, then the body of Christ has to begin to share again and not be ashamed of who we are and what we believe and our faith is in Christ because he's a living God and he's, he's a good God. You're sharing a good God, not a bad God. He's the best. He is good, he is love. He is all powerful, all knowing and faithful, eternal, all those things we talked about. And I am not ashamed of the gospel and I will not be, shamed, be ashamed of Jesus before other people. I am honored to bear the name of Jesus Christ. And then finally, we join, we join some body of believers that the Lord sets you in so that we can grow and serve and help build something together. All these things happen when you hit that subscribe button, which is why it's not just pray a prayer, I'm done, you know what I'm saying? Now, praise God, I'm always a balancer. I balance so many things. Here's the deal. If you're going down on an airplane and all you got is a minute to pray a prayer, you pray that prayer. So yes, it is that simple in that aspect. But if we've got some time to live on this planet and you pray that prayer and you subscribe to the Lord Jesus Christ, then there's these, these areas of growth, these areas of commitment, these areas of change that we're going to see happen in our lives. Amen? Church, let's stand up and let me pray a prayer. Oh, no, you stay seated, sorry, stay seated. Let me pray a prayer over you and then I wanna lead you in a prayer of salvation. Heavenly Father, I pray for this house. I pray for what you're doing inside of us. God, as we fall in love with Jesus, as we genuinely subscribe to the things of God and to Jesus Christ, God, I pray for a body that is committed, that is all in, that holds nothing back because there's no fear. We run wholeheartedly. Our entire life and world is in Jesus Christ. 
And Lord, I thank you for the fruit of what they're about to see if they will just run fully into you holding nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, if you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says all who will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is the beginning. This is the mechanism to call upon him, to believe in your heart. Then I wanna give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that if you call on the Lord, he will save you. And so I want you to have confidence in that. But let's pray a prayer, bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm gonna count to three. And if on the count of three, you say, you know what, Pastor Kevin, I don't know where I stand with God. I've never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus as my savior. But I wanna pray that prayer today. I wanna call on the Lord to save me today. And when I count to three, raise your hand and we'll pray. Or if you say, you know what, I've walked away, I've gone astray. I used to have a time in my life I was close to God. And if I'm honest, I'm not close to the Lord anymore. And I would like to restart my faith, my journey with Jesus. When I count to three, if that's you, then raise your hand and we'll pray that prayer. And by faith, we'll start that journey. And God hears you. God sees the authenticity of your heart and he saves you, washes you, cleanses you. So let's pray. On the count of three, raise your hand if you wanna get right with God. One, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? Just raise your hand right where you're seated and we'll pray that prayer. There's a hand right there, I see you, sir. Anybody else? There's a hand, two, three, thank you, awesome. Praise God, three hands, four, just put it up, five, great. No one else? Six, awesome, praise God. This is where it starts, seven, eight in the back, praise God. Even if I don't see it, do you know Jesus sees it? It's all right. If you're watching online, same thing. Church, would you pray this prayer with me as we commit our hearts to Jesus 100% so they know they're not praying by themselves. We're a family. Repeat this with me, would you? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.